everyone. Um, welcome to Conscious Conversations of Ascending Tribe. I'm Alex, creator of Ascending Tribe. I'm so happy to introduce today's guest who has a wealth of wisdom to share. Introducing Mika Shoemaker. Hi Mika, how are you? Hi, I'm great, Alexandra. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Can you give us more of an insight into your background? Like, tell us more about your journey and how you've come to where you are today. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's kind of a big question. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to sum it up. Um, I was born and raised in Japan uh, with an American mother and a Japanese father. And so when I was younger, I believe my mom instilled in me like the inner independence, confidence, things like that, that I wasn't seen being modeled in Japanese culture. The women literally woke, uh, walked like two steps behind men. And I knew from a very young age, like that is not the society that I wanted to live in. So as soon as I could get out of the country, which was right after high school, I did. I said, okay, I'm going to the United States for college. And I came over here and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> Um, so I live in California, in Southern California, near Los Angeles, and I am now married to a, my beautiful husband. I have two kids of my own and two stepkids, and um, right now I am um, working with uh, breath work. That's a modality that I really resonate with, so I facilitate breath work. Sometimes I just say that I'm a breathwork healer because people understand it more if they're not used to understanding what breathwork is. But really what I do is I facilitate for everybody to step into their own healing capacity. So, you know, I don't do the healing. I just help people with that. Um, I also do some internet marketing and I help um, wake up people to their life purposes so that they can live the purpose that they're here to live and live their dreams and also have a way to have an income that supports that so that they can live in abundance and do what they like to do as opposed to, you know, sell their soul or their time or their, you know, just their attention and energy towards a profession that doesn't resonate with them. So, you know, I do a mishmash of a lot of things, but they seem to blend well together. Yeah, it sounds great, especially um, helping people manifest. That's a really, a really big topic, actually. What was the catalyst that sparked um, your journey to your awakening? Oh, yeah. So um, for me, it was 9-11 with the Twin Towers going down. Um, I was in the film industry. I was doing a whole bunch of Hollywood stuff. I lived in Los Angeles and it was a lot of fun. I did lighting for film. And so I worked with all the stars and, you know, it was kind of a glamorous job, but I started to sort of question my life like, okay, so the glitz and glamour, it's, it's fun until you realize, okay, this is still, I'm trading my time for money and my, almost like my body parts, really, my knees were starting to get weaker, my back was starting to break down. Um, so I was starting to question life in general. And I was... Uh, with a boyfriend at the time who was really into politics. So, you know, I knew that there was something in me that I wanted to bring out and help humanity in one way or another. And at the time I thought, well, it must be politics because, you know, politics helps protect people, give them the rights that they need, bring justice, right? So that's where I was putting my focus. And then 9-11 happened. And something just really hit me hard where I thought to myself, wow, you know, I thought we were headed in the right direction with 
you know, doing something for humanity. And we've been at this game of politics for thousands of years. And if this is the culmination of it, like in this day and age, when we do have the awareness of, you know, slavery is wrong, you know, let's not be prejudiced, let's have equality for everyone. And still yet there's, there are some people in the world that feel like we're doing them harm, like that, you know, we as in the United States, then there's something wrong with it. You know, like we, politics has failed in what they have tried to accomplish. At least that was my interpretation of it at that time. Yeah. So that's when I realized, wow, it's not politics that is the answer it's spirituality. Like we have to go within, we have to look within and see where in ourselves that we caused a disaster like that. You know, sure, I wasn't the one on the airplane, you know, driving the airplanes into the towers, but there was a part of me, there was something within my subconscious that had some sort of violence that created, manifested that in the outer world, you know? So that's when I started to look into like, how can I be more in tune and in touch with my true identity, my true authenticity? And the only way to get in touch with that in my mind was spirituality. So that's when I started to wake up and that's start when I started to explore um, all of the different teachings outside of religion uh, since I grew up um, being Catholic. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think religion was the way to go until I had a dissolution with that in college. So, so yeah, that's, that to me is my awakening. Amazing. I've never heard of it um, explained the way you've just explained it, like with, so basically what you're saying is like collective consciousness manifested that physical reality. Mm-hmm. And like, I've never heard it explained in that way, like, especially around 9-11, because it usually has a lot of um conspiracy connotations to it Uh um but that's like a really interesting point because i've been reading this book lately and it does it really does points to every action that we take it even a little tiny reaction does have a ripple in the collective consciousness and it's something that i'm trying to be or become more aware of um but it's so interesting that you said that and i've just been reading this book like earlier today but yeah thank you that was really interesting um so (laughs) did um did living and growing up in japan like did that aid your spiritual journey did that did that help your outlook as well i think what helped me in the sense of growing up in japan and having a different background than what typical americans do is the ability to sort of pull back and have a little more of an objective point of view because the society's models are so different from one to another. You know, one culture really honors the whole to the point of killing the individual. You know, if you were different from others, then that was a threat to society because we had to have, you know, Japan's a small island with the, you know, population of half of the United States. So it's a very crowded place. And, you know, as you know, in in, uh, England as well, you know, you have to sort of, in order for the society to survive, you have to live by certain societal rules or else it can be too chaotic. As opposed to the United States has a frontier mentality. You know, we're all spread out. So what one does in their yard might not affect the person in the neighbor because there's just more space, literally. And that frontier mentality and rebellion that they, you know, the 
pioneers came, they wanted to be different. They didn't want to live by society's uh, impositions. So, you know, those two, um, and knowing the Japanese people and knowing the American people and knowing that we are all like at the basis, very much the same. All we're looking for is love and connection. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's something that we get to know on a personal level. You know, I, I love my family in Japan. I love my friends in Japan. I love my family in the United States and I love my friends here. And so we're all very good at the core and we all have the same needs. And yet the manifestations of the society are completely different. So being able to have that bird's eye view of one style is not better than the other or wrong. It just is it's a different manifestation of the same thing. So I believe that that really helped me in understanding just the whole concept around we are all one. Yeah. You know, it's so hard to understand how can we be one with the person who is completely different than you? You know, it's a total opposite. Does it doesn't have the same values or point of view? How can that be? And then I look, you know, you pull back and you go, oh, okay. When you actually resonate with different people and different parts of the cultures and different parts of the uh, earth, we go, okay, we are all one. At the core, we're the same. We just manifest in different ways. Yeah, I, I have struggled with that concept. Um, not recently, but I mean, when I first came onto my awakening, it is a difficult concept to try and understand. And I think now the way I kind of realize that concept is um, through viewing like basically how source and creator is having its experience through each and every one of us but mm -hmm. from a different perspective and that for me like really really helps for me to understand because it's a, it is like mentally like as a human it is a very very difficult concept to understand because we are here to have a human experience and we're here to have an individual experience so to try and understand the unity concept, the collective concept, whilst we're having a human uh, experience, it, yeah, especially with along with all the indoctrination and the programming that has occurred from such a young age as well, to believe that there is nothing within and it's all external. Um, I suppose what I was when I asked you the question about did did growing up in Japan help you? I feel like when I think of Japan, I feel like oh, they they're quite a serene society. Um, and when I think of America and especially England as well as the same, like we are more external, we're more outward looking. Um, but yeah, that was really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, could you tell us, um, could you tell us about your, your breathwork sessions? Um, so what does conscious breathing do? Um, how can breathing help us in, in so many ways? Yeah, so breathwork is one of my favorite topics because it's something that we all have. Right? We all are allowed to breathe all the time, and that's what we do all our life. So it's something that we have at any given time. And there are different tools and techniques that you can use for different purposes. You know, sometimes if you need a little bit of upliftment, you will do a certain type of breath. If you want to relax, if you want to be able to fall asleep, you'll do another kind. If you need to release anger, there's a type of breath work for that. If you want to have courage, there's a type of breath work for that. And also, if you want to heal deeply, breath, I have found, is one of the fastest ways to access any sort of emotions, trauma that is stuck within your body and move it through. And so, you know, a lot of people will do things like um, 
you know, meditation and yoga, those are really good ways to also access that. And I have been an avid yogi and meditator for years and years and years. But it wasn't until I, I um, encountered breath work that I started to see how quickly things could heal and shift. And so it was like, you know, it was a difference between taking a, a spade or a shovel and trying to dig a hole versus having a, you know, gigantic shovel truck come in and excavator and take it all out. Yeah. Um, so what happens with breath work and, um, and this, I know when people are into like uh, sacred plant ceremonies and things like that, that also can happen. But what I love about breath work is, um, you know, I have done sacred plant ceremonies and it is very, there's the hangover period that comes with it. And there's a very um, intense detoxing that could happen from it, right? So it's like a big commitment. <laughs> As opposed to breath work, there's no hangover. <laughs> and there's no like, god-awful detoxing thing that goes on and yet so it's a very it's a very gentle in that way like it's a gentle way to get into your system without like really throwing you off kilter but yeah. still having that effectiveness so um the way the breath work w works at least the one that i facilitate you know there are there are other ones that i like to teach people and say hey you can use this for this and that and it's a lot of fun uh, but the ones that I do, like typically one-on-one -on -one or at least in person where I can facilitate the energy and see them, um, you know, I don't have to be in person, like in body with them, but um, uh, in real time, uh, is a kind of breath work that takes you, it gives your body just enough of a stressor to put you into that somewhat of that heightened alertness. You know, some people think it's a fight or flight. I can never say those words. Fight or flight or freeze, right? So it actually puts you into that state, but you're doing it on purpose in a very controlled way. Okay. And uh, what that does, it, it sort of hijacks the brain to where you can't be wandering off and thinking about stuff, right? Because this is what happens when we meditate. So often people are like, oh, I don't know how to meditate because I sit there and before you know it, I'm wondering if, you know, I watered the plants or what I'm going to make for dinner or if I had answered that email, you know, so that's, that's what happens very typically in people's lives because we have so much noise and so many to things on our to-do lists that we can't just get into that deeper stage that we're looking for. With breath work, our body gets so busy and our brain has to go, oh, I don't have time to think about all that other stuff. I need to take care of my body because you're just giving it just enough stressor to go, well, what the heck is this? It's giving the mind something to focus. And then what happens is your body connects with your higher self yeah. or your soul or spirit or whatever you like to call it. And that is where the healing happens. The spirit just rushes in and communicates with the body and finds the place that first needs to be healed. And when I say that, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if you've got diabetes, it's gonna heal that, you know, nothing like that, but it's, it's the cellular memory that it's starting to uh, unravel and heal because our illness and, and uh, disease, dis-ease, really, you know, yes, there's genetic factors. Yes, there's environmental factors and lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. But what I believe it stems from the emotional trauma that we hold on to. And it just happens to 
coincide with maybe a genetic weakness or coincide with an organ that you're stressing because of your lifestyle, right? And then that is where the disease starts to manifest. So yeah. if we get it at the core and start to unravel that energy, and the only way to release energy, if it's stuck somewhere, like imagine a pipe and you have a blockage in the pipe, only way to get it out is to like scrub it off and push it through out of the pipe right so we have to really like we have to actually feel it because the reason we hold on to it is because we don't want to feel those painful memories or emotions yeah but when we actually allow ourselves to open up enough so that we can start to feel it then it moves through our body and it releases so, you know, that is why breath work is, so, I, I, I could go on forever. I'm so sorry. I actually have so many questions around this. Like you're actually sparking yeah. so many questions right now. Like my, fir my first question around breath work is, have you ever had any profound experiences during your breath work meditations, i.e. similar to like um, a plant medicine ceremony, uh, like a journey, but have you had that through breath work meditation only? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So much. That's, That's why I kind of compared it to plant medicine because, you know, actually the first time I did breath work, it was just one of those totally I'm out of body floating in the universe meeting these, you know, celestial beings, having these downloads and messages and, it was crazy. And that's what really woke me up because I was like, oh, like I need to pay attention here. This is some amazing, it's an amazing modality. And I have found that that experience isn't necessarily typical, but it is very common. So um, I found that a lot of people who already have had some sort of spiritual practice can go into that state really fast. And other people who are, people are like, oh, I tried meditating a couple times and it didn't work. So, you know, but then I go in with breath work, they have a more milder experience of, oh, that was so relaxing and that was so floaty. So, and there are certain times that I, I have those out of body experiences and, and seeing beings or, you know, people who have passed away and having a conversation with them and all of that. And then there are other times when it's just, ah, oh, yeah, that was nice. You know, that was just really meditative. You know, what we typically think of as meditation, like yeah, sort of floaty and sort of nice. But and and there are days where I'm just like, yeah, this is horrible. You know, it's really hard. And you know, so it's a spectrum of of feelings and emotions and and experiences with breath work. Yeah, that's amazing. It's something that I'm really only just starting to realized um because one of the best pieces of advice that i got to help me meditate is concentrate on your breath you know because mm -hmm. like, i'm one of those people that struggle to switch off as well especially during meditation i'm one of those people that these thoughts just float in and out and i'm not very good at observing them i actually do get distracted by them so yeah one of the best pieces of, of, of advice was concentrate on your breathing and and that will kind of draw you in um I ha ha have actually had an out-of-body experience. I've got a friend who um, is a transformational breath teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, during one of her sessions, I actually had an out-of-body experience. And that was yeah. another time. So I was like, okay, breath is really important. And then the third thing is my, when I'm training, like my partner always tells me to focus on my breathing, like focus on my breath. And I notice that I will have one of the best workouts, the best runs when I'm actually focused and in with my breathing, like really connected with my breathing. 
-hmm. that's really interesting that you talk about that but what is your personal meditation like rituals like what do you do on a daily basis are they different every day or is there like a same breathing method that you use personally for you yeah so i actually don't do like my deeper breath work every day i do it typically once or twice a week yeah and as on an as needed basis uh because it is pretty intense and i also like to vary things up you know i'm the type of person that if i do the same thing over and over i get burnt out and then i won't do it ever again mm. so, <laughs> so yeah i have a varying practice of you know journaling i mean there are certain basics you know everything is geared towards giving gratitude um releasing old limiting beliefs um and some sort of getting in touch with my body so whether it's breath work or uh tapping or some people call it uh, eft emotional freedom technique uh yoga or even just mindful walking or something like that you know something that has to do with getting in touch with the body yeah um yeah but um yeah it, it varies <laughs> yeah yeah um i'm the same as well like i can't just do one thing all the time um that's why i struggle with keeping up my routine the same as well <laughs> but i mean um what advice can you give um on helping those that are living in fear like especially right now with what everything we're going through i'm sure there's a lot of people that are going through fear or those who are maybe like at the start of their awakening or some sort of spiritual journey what can what advice can you give with helping or trying to get away from fear mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a really good one um because whether you're wherever you are on the awakening journey you still experience fear right so the first thing i would do is take a deep breath when you're feeling fear because typically yeah. when we're in fear mode our body clamps up and we breathe very shallow at the very top part of our lungs so concentrate on bringing all of the air into the bottom part of your lungs, also using your, your um, solar plexus and your belly. Like you don't actually take air into the belly when you're breathing, you know, obviously it's all going into the lungs, but just the imagery of letting your lower belly puff out and taking in the fear, I mean, taking in the air will allow your body to stop having that physiological response so that you don't have as much to, to fight against, right? And then the next thing to do is to notice what you're thinking, what thoughts are causing that fear. Typically, it's because we are thinking something and usually we're in the past and or in the future, like maybe at the same time. Typically what happens is if we're in the future and worried about our future, then we're in the past looking for reasons to be afraid of the future. Because that's what we do as human beings, right? We, we try to make sense of our life. We try to learn and logically move through life. You know, if you put your hand on the stove, logically, you're going to say, I'm never doing that again because that hurt. So, you know, our logic does help us. Um, at the same time, our logic tends to go in overdrive and hurt us in a way that we're constantly looking into the past to find some ways it's like i feel i have this imagery of opening up all the filing cabinets of where's that knowledge that's going to help me alleviate the worry about the future right so you just have to like recognize that that might be going on in your in your mind and that's causing the fear because you're going i can't find it i can't find that where's that file and so 
so the third step, so the first step is just allowing your body to just have a breathing space. The second, so the second step is to recognize that you're having these thoughts. And, and it's the third step is it's just a thought, right? It's just yeah. a thought. So then if you bring some love to that thought, because the opposite of fear is love. And so that's, that's, the, um, that's the antidote, right? So just bring some love into the thought. Bring some love for yourself for trying so hard to look for the answer. You know, trying so hard to look for the solution. And even if you're not going back into the past, typically what we do is, okay, what's the first thing that we do when we have a question these days? Go on Google. Google it, right? Yeah. So, so you know, just recognize that you're trying to seek information in order to find an answer but the answer really is just the love so just have compassion for yourself like as if you're a little kid just trying to find an answer like mommy i don't understand it why is it what's going on how do i stop it you know whatever it is just like find that little girl or little boy inside and just have compassion for that little one who's just trying to find the answer yeah. and when you do that you know, you get to reparent yourself. Like we get to reparent. Like, I feel like that life is, that is what life is really. Like we, we grow up and, you know, certain parts of ourselves we get to nurture and then other parts, our parents or our teachers or our peers kind of like mess up, right? So then as we become adults and we realize that all of that happened, but then we're getting to reparent ourselves. We get to reteach ourselves. We get to re-nurture ourselves so that we get to step into our greater, like the way we were supposed to grow up, maybe. Yeah. You know, supposed to, maybe not supposed to, because we did come in here as bodies in the 3D world on earth. And, you know, we had this agreement of going through that like contrast. Yeah. But what where we're wanting to go if you're listening to this most likely where you're wanting to go is get in touch with our true essence and our authentic soul expression as opposed to all of that stuff that was put on us through our lives right in our childhood yeah. so that's where we get to grow into like wow so that's what we do in the moment when we're in fear like have love and compassion for that little one inside of us that's having the fear and just love it like say, yeah. thank you. Thank you, fear, for showing me that I'm in that, my small self. And I'm, gratitude and love are like the antidote to fear. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an incredible thought. Because actually that leads me on to my next question, because we do have like a lot of parts to us as a human. Um, obviously, like as we are eternal beings, having a human experience. How do you feel about the ego? And what would you say are common ego traps that we tend to fall into? Yeah. Ego is so fascinating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ego, actually. So <laughs> ego, a lot of people think that ego, like, oh, he's so egotistical, that it's a bad thing. Ego is simply a tool. Now, ego is very cunning and very immature, <laughs> but it is still a tool. And yeah. some people even equate the ego with the mind or the thinking mind sometimes, you know, they're very closely related. Yeah. The ego is the tool that gave us the ability to have our personality. And that is exactly what we came here to experience when we were souls. You know, I believe that there's like different levels of it, right? I think I, as a soul, we do have certain tendencies and vibrational, um, uh, tastes or flavors you know yeah. um 
but then we choose a personality, a human personality to come into so that we can accentuate our experiences and learning and you know any sort of ascension that needs to happen on a soul level. Um, so our ego is closely tied to that. So we get to give thanks for the ego, right? Because it's sort of like putting on our clothes. Like one day we want to just be really comfortable. So we put on t-shirts and sweats and other days we want to look a little more dressed up. So we put on a dress or we, on other days we want to present as a professional. So we might put on a, you know, a jacket, whatever it is, you know? So our ego is sort of like clothes. So we get to appreciate our clothes and we get to put them on and enjoy them. Right. So we can give thanks to the ego because what tends to happen. And I hear a lot in our spiritual community is that's the ego speaking, you know, reject it. Right. I hear and that as well, detach from yeah. it, separate from it. Yeah. Separate and get rid of your ego. You like, can't do that. <laughs> as long as you're in this body, you know, unless you're really trying to leave your body, yeah. you don't want to get rid of it, you know? And so we get to appreciate it and work with it. And yes, you know, I might just typically say like, oh, don't listen to the ego or something. Right. Like when I say that it, it might be like, don't buy into what it's saying because like would we worship our clothes no we don't you know we know that we are the master of our clothes we can put them on or take them off we can choose them we can buy them we can sell them we can let go of them whatever so um and on a soul level we can do that so it, it really is about like working with the ego allowing like seeing the ego for what it is it's a tool and it's a baby yeah. it's a very immature whiny you know complainy thing that likes to get all dramatic and try to figure things out and and we get to you know it's sort of like that inner child work like we get to go oh hi ego i see you you know here let me pet you a little bit yeah. if you need some stroking i'll stroke you a little bit and you know i'm gonna set you aside to find the real answers to find what it is that is important what is needed in the world what it is that i need right now in order to heal or move forward or to manifest something and so yeah that's that's my point of view on ego yeah no i completely agree because i hear it as well like throughout the spiritual community that it's seen as like quite a negative thing like your ego is your enemy well yeah from my point of view ego is what allows us to have this individual human experience that we're having otherwise without the ego we are the collective being mm -hmm. um but i mean what are most common ego traps would you say and like how could we potentially deal with them yeah the first thing that comes to mind because my ego loves this <laughs> need to be right yes <laughs> that is huge and and i'm still working with my ego around that you know it's so it happens so often and my poor husband gets the brunt of it <laughs> and at this point we make such a joke about it that you know i might even say like yeah i know i'm right <laughs> and just like <laughs> a kid about it because it's so it's so bad <laughs> how much the ego wants to be right and it will convince me you know day and night left and right how it's right all the time yeah. even if it made a mistake and it was wrong then there's like another layer underneath it where it's like well i'm right in it because and then there's the defense that happens so the need to be right the need to defend yourself um the need to be seen as important you know, those are really big ego traits. Yeah. Um, 
what are some other ones? They're not really coming to my mind, but you know, there's so many different ways. Sometimes it's the reverse uh, where the ego can make you so small. You know, it's, it's sort of like you either attack somebody else or the outside world or a situation or you yeah. attack yourself. So even that when you're going, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not special enough, I can't do that, you know, all of that, when you look underneath it, the ego is still going, yeah, I'm right. See, I'm going to prove to myself how, you know, I didn't get good grades in school, I'm not making enough money, I can't pursue the thing that I want to pursue because... And then it goes to all the external, right? Because I didn't grow up with money, because I'm too busy doing, you know, I have to make money at this, you know, crappy job. I don't know if I can curse here. <laughs> it's because my kids need my attention all the time. It's because my mother's dying, you know, like all these different things, right? That we, yeah. oh, still underneath it, it's because the ego wants to be right. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you say ego, um, doesn't want to take accountability for things oh yeah yeah that's yeah. that's a big one it's ego's really good at deflecting that's that's one of the first things that it does because when it gets takes accountability and when it's seen for what it is it can mean the death of it yeah. and you know so so the way i look at ego and and the death of it you know it's not a final death because ego doesn't really die until we let go of it and we go to another you know, we go into our spirit body, but, um, the death of it, you know, the ego has such a limited understanding of what death is yeah. that it is afraid of dying all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I, I forgot your point because I was always going. Go yeah, no accountability. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. um, yeah, ego doesn't like to take accountability. Yeah. Ego doesn't well. like to take accountability because when you think about it, if you make a really huge mistake, like for example, I was um, bamboozled by this woman who claimed to be a spiritual person. She could speak every, like every modality. She knew like a bunch of different ways of describing things. She was really good at teaching it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is, you know, leading me in this consciousness. And, you know, so I paid a lot of money to be mentored by her. And what ended up happening was she was a complete fraud. It, she was nothing but, you know, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. It was yeah. ridiculous how that <laughs> huge contrast, right? And um, when I realized the mistake that I had made, because there were a few times that my intuition said, ooh, oh, that doesn't sound right. Like, oh, you know, there was something in me that just didn't feel right. Yeah. Like even in her presence, when I hugged her, there was that, uh, like that feeling that I had. And I didn't listen authentic, to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I didn't listen to my intuition because, you know, I had an agenda. I thought that she had something that I needed and wanted and she could show me how and she could teach me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I set aside my knowingness and I went with her. And when I found out what a fraud she was, it was painful. It was so painful that if I admitted it, I thought I was going to die of embarrassment, you know, like how, oh my gosh, how stupid, you know, just that, like that, so such a small, you know, like what you yeah, make like a how you fell for it. Yeah. Small. Oh my gosh. So 
I did not want to take responsibility for my own mistake of not listening to my intuition, not yeah. having the wherewithal to recognize it early on before I got into this whole journey with her. And so, yeah. So instead of taking responsibility and say, yeah, I really messed up. I, I allowed my ego to run its course because I thought my, the answer was outside of me and I wanted to go and get it. And I thought somebody's going to hand it to me by giving him her money. You know, I, I said, instead of taking responsibility for that, I was in my ego mode and going, well, you know, anybody would believe her because this and this and that. And she showed me how da da da, and there was proof of this and somebody else recommended her and blah, 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 you know, so yeah, the ego does not like to sell, take responsibility. Yeah, no, it doesn't like to be wrong, as you said in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you stay in alignment with your true self and your, in, in keeping with your home frequency? Uh, yeah. So when you say home frequency, can you describe that a little more? Yes, like your own vibration, the, the, the okay. frequency of your own energy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is such a practice. <laughs> <laughs> I just find because like um it's it's such a crazy world that we live in you know like and we do live we have um these normal lives that we lead like these human lives mm -hmm. we can't be leading in in spirit all the time because we are here to have a human experience um so it is for me it's it's it is all about balance um so I suppose that's why I'm more asking like how do you like per and what advice would you give for people as well to to help mm -hmm. stay in alignment I suppose yeah so there are many levels to this and there are many ways to do it. And, and I have, I feel like I've tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's working for me right now is love and humor. Just bringing, like, if I find myself off kilter, you know, yeah. in a different frequency or vibrant, uh, vibration that then I know who I self, I, I know who I am to be. Yeah. Then I bring in some love and humor. You know, the first part is love, um, because when you come from compassion and love for anything and everything, then it lightens it up. It becomes lighter. So I go, oh, there I go again. I, I think I'm washing dishes, but really what I'm doing is watching my husband to see, oh, this is a really funny one, right? <laughs> so this is where the humor comes in. Most women love to have flowers delivered to them or brought to them, right? I am not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love to appreciate flowers where there are on the plants, right? And so we have these beautiful rose bushes that are blooming right now and, and calla lilies and, you know, all these beautiful flowers that I get to stand at my kitchen sink where I tend to spend a lot of time because we make a lot of dishes dirty. And I look out the kitchen window and I appreciate all the colors. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And then my husband chops them and brings them into the house. <laughs> they end up going on a uh, you know, table somewhere where it blends in with all the mess that's there, right? And then I forget to change the water. So they start to droop yeah. and then they like, you know, fall on the table everywhere. And I'm just like, ah, another mess I have to clean up. So yeah. I've told my husband this. I'm like, you know, I really love the roses on the rose bushes, not in the house. And, and he's like, yeah, you weirdo, you know, like most women would love to have their husbands bring you them roses. I'm like, yeah, I know. So, you know, what I, so, you know, as I'm doing dishes, then my mind is going to, is he going to cut more flowers? Is he get, what is he doing out there? Right. Yeah. So, so when I recognize that I'm doing that, 
I get to like bring love into like, what would love think? What would, what would love do? And the love would say, I love the water that's running on my hands. I love that I have so many dishes that, you know, we don't have to like use just one dish, right? I love that my husband is out, out there tending to the garden. So that's what love does. It just loves everything and everyone. And then the humor, you know, when I can lighten up into that space, the humor is just like I laughed at myself at like, oh my gosh, you know, most women would love this. And my poor husband's married to the one weirdo that like criticizes him for doing this romantic gesture, right? Yeah. So then I get to laugh at myself. Then I get to laugh at my husband who just doesn't stop doing it anyway. You know, <laughs> this comical situation. So love and humor is really how I bring myself back to center right now. Um, but yes, there are all these other, you know, the breath work, the meditation, the journaling, like those are all yeah. things that I do on a sort of a, you know, I don't like to say preventative measure because that seems like I'm trying to work against something, but it's sort of like the nutrition I take every day, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. It makes sense, you know, like, because I, I have different methods as well that, that work for me. The most common one is I, I like to just be with myself like no one around. I just like to be on my own, like in my own home, in my own room. Um, that's like the more common one, but I've never heard it said like that. That's really interesting that you say like love and humor. Humor is a good one. Yeah. Humor, it, humor is, um, that's when I'm trying to work on around, um, when confronted with quite aggressive situations. Um, for example like what we're going through right now like obviously like there's there's people who um because they're in fear obviously so they're they're reacting out of aggression so for me it, like i'm trying to use humor humor in that way um but yeah no it's really interesting that you say that you use that for alignments that's really interesting i'll probably try that one <laughs> yeah um but for those that may not understand um what going within actually means how would you explain or help them understand what it means to go within oh sure yeah so going within for me is you know just like you said is spending some time alone it's really hard to do unless you're you have a quiet space where you don't feel like there's any sort of distractions or you know for some people who have trauma anybody coming into a room when you're being with yourself can feel like an intrusion, right? It can yeah. actually feel really scary. So um, to me, going within is creating a sacred time, a sacred spot, and having, you know, if you have family or housemates that are, you know, tend to come in, then just say, I need, you know, five minutes, 30 minutes, two hours, whatever it is, to just be with myself. And I can't have distractions. I can't have you calling out to me i can't have you coming into the room so like you know please give me this space and it is a sacred space because what you're going to do is not then go on netflix and watch something or you know scroll on facebook or you know what you're going to do is tap into what's inside of you and there are so many different modalities to do it sometimes you need somebody else like a facilitator to help you do that because our minds are so busy right i know that even when i close my door and i think to myself okay i'm just gonna take a few minutes to myself and then i go oh i forgot to you know answer that email oh i forgot to take a look at this thing and then i go on my computer and start doing right yeah and going within is really more about being 
So, you know, if you, and we are, we're so trained to do things that sometimes it helps instead of if you can't meditate because it's like too distracting, maybe doing something like journaling. You know, that's why journaling is so powerful because it gives us, and literally writing pen to paper or pencil to paper instead of doing a typing because it helps us uh, give our fine motor skills a task to do. And um, even if it's really, you know, inconsequential thoughts that come up, just starting writing it, that gives us a task to do so that we can really notice what's inside of us. So going within can take many different ways. Sometimes you do need another person that you trust, like a healer or a coach or, you know, some sort of therapist so that you can really pay attention. And, and having another person is a really great way to have accountability because like a good therapist or a good coach would say, okay, hold on, you're going on a tangent. What was it there? You know, they can distill uh, certain information that you might have said that you would have glossed over had you been just journaling to go, okay, wait, you just said something that sounds like, you know, a victimhood or it sounds like blah, 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 right? So that's a really good way to go, oh, I'm not going to go out into the external story. That's surface stuff going within. Like, wait a minute, what does that mean? What am I actually feeling? You know, going within is really getting in touch with your feelings. We're yeah. so busy not feeling our feelings and they're all there just like waiting for you to feel them so that they can get out and be emotions, energy in motion, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive part of healing as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To go yeah. within, to bring them out, to release, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I really want to talk about money um, as it's quite a taboo subject, especially within the spiritual community. And I myself have um, quite negative connotations and perceptions around money as well. But how can people change their perception around money? Like what advice do you have around this subject? Yeah, that's a really good one because (laughs) money is one of the last frontier, I think, in the spiritual community. You know, we talk about having compassion for others and, and, you know, being of service to the planet or the animals or, you know, to humanity, right? And yet money, when it comes to money, it's kind of like that clunking in the engine where it's like, I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) You know, because it's so tied historically, money is so tied to the powers that oppressed us, they put us in this situation, really. Yeah, and it still yeah. is in, in many ways. So I do want to acknowledge that. I do want to acknowledge that there is a huge energy that is tied to money and the way that our finances have worked in this world. So yeah, I'm just feeling that right now. And so I think when people are in the spiritual community, when they start to wake up to their inner selves and their purpose and things like that, they actually start to feel it even more, that that energy that has hijacked the concept of money. Now, the thing is, money is simply energy. So what we can do is like, look at um, money as an entity. And money did not start with that dark energy. Money has a personality. So you can start to inquire like, money, who are you? you know, wealth, what are you? Richness, 
who are you? And then um, it was really great when I realized that there's all these different energies in money, right? There's the cash money that likes to be spent, (laughs) you know, tangible fun. Whenever cash is around, you're like, yay, let's spend it on something fun. We get to do this. We get to, we get to, you know, pay rent with it. Hooray. We get to go out and, you know, buy a drink with it, whatever it is, you know, it has that fun party energy. And then there's like that, um, savings energy, right? The, the money in the bank, which we actually, do we see that money? Is it paper money or coins in the bank? No, it, at this point, it's just numbers, right? Because the bank doesn't actually hold the money, but it's yeah. in our bank account, right? So it's more of an energetic holding tank, like, oh, and how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel safe? So it's more of a nurturing type of money yeah. energy, right? And then there's the money that we borrow. Like if you own a house, most likely, not a lot of people own it outright. You still, the bank owns it, right? And so it's, you're in debt. So the concept of debt, we feel like it's so heavy, especially certain kinds of debt, like, you know, credit card debt. Like if it's student debt, we go, oh, okay, well, it's a student debt. It was used for a good purpose, you know, so that there's like a weird hierarchy in the different levels of debt, you know, uh, the car payment, like, well, we have to have a car loan. So that debt is like a little more, um, you know, justifiable than a credit card debt, right? So there yeah. are all these different levels. And yet what it really is, is it was a support you know, it was a support that came in and rushed in to help us purchase the things that we needed at the time. We're actually getting to use the car that we don't own outright. We're actually getting to live in a house that we didn't pay in full for. We actually got the education that we didn't pay in full for. And we actually got to, you know, have a mug and have, you know, massages that are on our credit card that we haven't yet paid for. Like, so there was a support money that rushed in and said, here you go, I'm going to pay it forward to the person that needs the money right now, needs the payment right now, but you get to experience the experience, the goods that you need right now. And when you realize how, how generous that support energy is, yeah. you go, holy cow, that's brilliant. You know, then you get to go, wow, this is so amazing. So you get to give thanks for it. You get to be in love for for these different personalities of money and different energies of money. And then you get to realize, okay, that part that got hijacked, like that's not the whole. That's not what money is. Yeah. It's just the part that got hijacked and got married to a power that's oppressive. And so, you know, first we have to heal before we can change right? Like there's so much that we do like on a different levels. Like first we have to heal in order to have a good relationship. First do we have to know who we are before we know what our purpose is. So, you know, it's the same thing with money. Um, in the spiritual community, they need to understand, we need to understand um, that money is not that oppressive energy. We need to first heal our relationship with money so that then we can use the money energy in order to change and heal the collective money energy. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever that means is, does that mean that the banking system is going to go, you know, completely kaput? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but if all of us have a different money story, if we heal our money story and we are able to 
attract abundance as opposed to work for or be a slave to abundance, then we get to have, then we get to use that energy in order to change what money was and the money story that we had collectively. Yeah, I mean, I was doing the same, you know, like around the slave perception and that's Mm -hmm. very like lack, lackful energy. Um, but I mean, in terms of money and obviously changing the perception with it being energy, how does this tie into manifesting? Like, can we still manifest a life we want without becoming financially wealthy? So, um, that's a question for each individual, right? There are certain people who decide I'm not going to be part of the financial institution. I'm going to live off the grid. I'm going to live off the land and I'm going to barter and, you know, this and that that's that's possible yes absolutely that's possible yeah however most people are you know tied into the financial system right now and there's nothing wrong with that so can we yes by healing the money because once if we're not healed with our money story there's a part of us that is pushing against it that's absolutely crucial to recognize by having limitations around money story by thinking that it's not spiritual thinking that it's dirty thinking that money corrupts um and then also tied to thinking that you're never enough to make you know to make money thinking that it's not possible to make money by doing the things that you love to do because you just don't see how you know how you can support yourself as an artist or how you can, you know, how growing mushrooms is actually going to make you money, you know, whatever it is, like, yeah. cause you don't see it in the world as a model. Like all of these limiting beliefs are pushing against what's already there. Cause money is just energy and there's plenty of it. There is plenty of it. There's so much money in the world. And the reason if you're experiencing lack, the reason you don't have it is because you're going, no, thanks energetically you know of course in your head you're going yes please but energetically you're saying no thanks because of those limiting beliefs that are operating underneath so when you work with that subconscious and when you work with the limiting beliefs and release them and it might take many many times to go oh that's still there and dig deep deeper dig further oh yeah that's still there and each and every time you flip you know, the limiting stories, you burn the limiting stories, you heal the limiting things, and then money rushes in. I mean, I lead people through workshops that do this, and I cannot tell you how many people come to me and say something like, oh my gosh, I just did that, and I found $200 in a purse that was in the bottom of my closet that I didn't realize was there. Or I just did, you know, this this money, you know, exercise, and, you know, my brother and I, who was working in, on this contract, just got a contract that is going to bring us $2 million in two years, you know, like a, a whole wide spectrum. But everybody's like, wow, I just, you know, got a call saying I was, you know, uh, eligible for a rebate that I didn't know was there. Or the insurance company had made a mistake and they were, they cover more now or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, there's so many ways that money can just rush in and it is so fast it's so fast yeah I, I can relate you know like I've had the, I've had these experiences of just like finding money money randomly coming to me um I mean I a really memorable one actually I had I was looking in my online banking and um I was doing some calculations just for the month because just because every month I'm budgeting and um a couple months a couple weeks in I thought 
let me recalculate that and have a look. And for some reason I had, there was no error. Like I had no money coming in. It was just there. I, I can't explain it. Like I had like 300 pound extra that month. And I was just like, I, I was like really racking my brain thinking like, did I miscalculate? But mm -hmm. I, 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 I really didn't like this genuinely, that was a manifestation, you know, that, and what I realized it's like when I relax into it and when I don't stress about it and when I know that, like you're saying, like it's, it's energy and it's abundant. Like there's, like you're saying, there's so much of it. I, I really do believe that, you know, I feel like there, there is really enough for everyone. Um, and I think it's when I'm in that mindset as well, that, that happens but I can also um experience the opposite end of the spectrum as well when I start feeling that stress and that lack and um without knowing it I'm kind of putting out an energetic um lacking energy you know without even realizing it um yeah so I've, I've I can experience like both ends of the spectrum but um it'll be good to like stay on the one <laughs> where it's yeah, just flowing I <laughs> You know, there, there are those moments when you see a bill and go, oh, I'm, I spent that much, you know, there's definitely that. And so it's, it's a practice just like anything and everything else. You know, my relationship is a huge practice for me. Parenting is a practice, you know, keeping your body healthy. That's a practice. It's yeah. all a practice. So yes, if you get into that lack energy and once again, that's where the love and humor comes in, right? Yeah. Like what would love do for myself right now? Like, just recognize that, oh, I'm in lack. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, <laughs> I just need a little bit of hug. You're like, yeah, there's, there's enough. I know you don't get it right now. I know it seems so real that you're hitting against all of this, but you're just, you just have your eyes closed to all the different ways that money's trying to come to you right now. So just, yeah. okay, cry about it and then release it and then just open your eyes, you yeah. know? So. I would absolutely love to attend one of your workshops as well. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I mean, lastly, so can, can you tell us what the future holds for you and your, your business um, and how can people stay updated and connected with you? Okay, great. Wow. What the future holds for me. This is so exciting, right? I get to, I feel like I get to step into my future every day when I inquire within, like, what is the next step that I need to take? What is the next uh, action that I have to do? in order to manifest what I envision. And what I'm envisioning is a world that works for everyone, right? A world where love is the first thing that happens and then the action, right? So yeah, for, for me, and I know it's not very tangible, but for me, that gives us this, get, that gives me the space to sort of play with it from day to day. So some days it might just simply mean that I'm going to turn off my phone and be with my kids and just be completely present. Yeah. Um, on certain days, it might be that I would do nothing but just go online and inspire people. Or on certain days, it might be to um, envision what it's going to be like to you know, go to Costa Rica and live on a fruit farm and surf every day. You know? <laughs> so there, there are all these things. But um, but in the meantime, the common theme that I have around it is helping people heal, you know, helping people heal their money story, helping people heal their, um, their emotional entrapment that happens, you know, becoming emotionally free. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, through utilizing the internet, because right now we are all being forced to be online, really, you know, with the quarantine and lockdown and certain parts are, they're starting to lift up, but you know, then you hear stories like, oh, when the flu season comes back, it's going to go back to the, you know, whatever. So either way, we're forced to be online in one way or another. So being able to, you know, utilize that online space and have the ability to step into what you like to do, you know, that is so important to me. So, you know, so to, in my future is to, to reach a hundred families, reach that, you know, that's my near future goal. Yeah. Help a hundred families reach a um, sort of like that boiling point of where they no longer have to be a slave to their jobs or a slave to time and being able to do what they love to do and create their vision of what they want to manifest. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what my future is that I'm studying. That is such a beautiful future. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love that for everyone. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what yeah. is the best way for people to like stay updated um, and connected to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm most active on Facebook. I'm starting to be a little more active on Instagram, but Facebook really is the best way to get in touch with me and see what I'm up to. Mika yeah. L. Shoemaker, the L for love, <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, my uh, profile. And I also have a Facebook group where we have sort of deeper conversations around this, you know, talking about, so it, the group is called Lightworker Movement for Conscious Wealth. So it really is about you know, light workers. The the way I perceive light workers is you don't need a special like intuitive talent, or you don't have to be like a healer or an energy worker, or even know what the chakras are. A light worker is somebody that chooses love over fear. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And so, you know, light workers. I want to allow the light workers to have that conversation around what is wealth what is conscious wealth you know what is money just like we talked about it here you know i do feel that that is like one of the last frontiers for the spiritual community to really get together and say oh okay this is how we can love appreciate and use money and not you know shy away from it or reject it because we think it's not spiritual so that's what the conversation um kind of topic revolves around, but I also am a very, you know, wide spectrum of a being. So I put a whole bunch of stuff in there as well. But, yeah. you know, that is where a lot of the conversations happen. And maybe um, I do have some workshops in there around emotional freedom and things like that. So anybody who mm -hmm. wants to join, it's, you know, it is a closed group, but you are free to join. So just find light worker movement for conscious wealth so that you can get into the group and and you know you can send me a message any of that yeah that's the best amazing way to i mean i can put everything in the description anyway like all the links to everything mm -hmm. but thank you so much for your time mika i've really really yeah. enjoyed it i really appreciate all your wisdom that you shared with us today thank you so much alexandra i really really enjoyed this conversation and you're so you know your energy is so amazing and i just love your inquisitive nature like you're such a good interviewer like, <laughs> it's so much fun we can we can go on forever right i know but, i know i always say that i could like delve into like so many different different areas and i know that you can go into those areas as well so maybe we'll do it again next time mm -hmm. yes yeah we can keep on going with this. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much